The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at GuidedWest11, on Instagram at GuidedWest, and on Twitter at LauraWest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net, where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book, Guided, is available on Amazon, and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. In this episode, I bring back Evelyn Sevilla and Imbal Honigman, and we talk about witchcraft, the stigma around being a witch, to try and demystify some of the misconceptions around one being a witch. So I hope you enjoy. I am just absolutely thrilled and excited for today's episode because I have two amazing guests today. I have Inval and I have Evelyn. Thank you so much. I am so excited to get to meet you. And I'm so excited to be recorded with Evelyn. We've got a little history of enjoying the same kind of things and sharing a lot of views on all things mystical. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I definitely feel like with both of you ladies, this has not been my first encounter, which is a wonderful feeling when you, you know, you've known these souls, these divine beings before and to be connected this way. It's wonderful. And for all three of us to come together, that is just one of my favorite, the three of cups, because (laughs) we are actually all water signs. (laughs) Fascinating. Yeah, it's just fabulous. I'm so happy to be here with you yeah, all. Thank yeah. you. I wouldn't be surprised if we break the internet because only because <laughs> I know when I work, the energy gets crazy. I can't imagine with the three of us here in one place. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's hope that, uh, you know, everything works out for us as far as the technology goes. Well, I would just really love to just kind of dive into what it is that we're wanting to talk about today. Just the term witch and the negative connotation that it has because of pop culture and things like that. I'm curious to know what your guys' thoughts are on that. So many thoughts. Why don't you start, Evelyn? Because that was, you know, your vision that had brought us together to talk about it. Right. Since the beginning of time, I mean, there were so many women that were lost because they were said to be witches. And really what it is, is it I believe, a wonderful connection with the divine being, uh, both masculine and feminine, the earth, and 
just knowing we have that connection between both. That's what I feel as the witch and we use what the earth gives us and what to manifest. It is unfortunate that it is seen in such a bad connotation. I even read the dictionary and it is so pop culture, you know, someone who does spells evil ones. um, And that is so far from what we do. So I really want to just demystify that because especially in my culture, in the Spanish culture, when I've said, oh no, you know, I'm una bruja. They're like, oh no, no. I'm like, oh gosh, it's a great compliment to me. I love being so connected and being so open about it now. So really just changing that and recognizing that it is just as any other practice. I don't like to call it a religion, but it's a way to connect with the divine for me, I find. How do you feel, Imbal? Exactly the same. And it's really funny that you're reclaiming it in Spanish and I'm reclaiming it in Hebrew. So my background is Jewish-Israeli, which on the one hand has that kind of obviously Jewish connection, ancient religion, a lot of Bible, a lot of judgment. But on the other hand, being, you know, mostly Holocaust survivors, pogrom survivors, there's a whole lot of secularism in the culture that I was brought up in. So not only is witchcraft kind of looked down upon by the religious side, but witchcraft is looked down upon by the secular side as well, where it is too spiritual for one and not quite spiritual enough for the other. And my family, who are super chill about everything, whenever anyone says to my dad, what does Inval do now? (laughs) He said in the most leisurely way, Inval Machshifa, Inval is a witch, especially because the kind of reclamation of the word is not super advanced over there yet. It sounds like a word that you use in a children's book, in something fictional, in something Harry Potterish. And I think that's an important thing to cover, you know, kind of what fiction did for us. But on a personal level, living in England, we've been attempting to reclaim the word witch for a while. And it's been about 40 years since the repeal of the Witchcraft Act, if I'm not mistaken. I should have been a bit better prepared. But it's something that I used to celebrate when I lived down in London. We used to celebrate the repeal of the Witchcraft Act, where people could be theoretically brought to trial for claiming there are witches or for conjuring and even mediumship. Wow. Yeah. So I've been involved in the witch fest public festivals that were like large gatherings of 5,000 witches under one roof. So we've been kind of trying to reclaim the word. And I would say it's been going all right until... I feel like we kind of gave up the ghost a little bit and went with, do you know what? Let's just call it manifesting. No one knows what it is. No one's going to come at us with our pitchforks if we just think of a whole different word for it. And I I was like, wait, what? 
No, we're still witches. Look, Marley Cyrus is singing, I'm a witch, I'm a witch. We're totally here. We're totally in the mainstream. But there was still that struggle. And just like any act of reclamation, the work is never completely over. Absolutely. I did hear a podcast where they say that when you claim the witch, you're almost dehumanizing yourself because people just look at you differently. And I I thought that was so deep because it is. I have a neighbor now I know doesn't speak to me probably because of that, because it's on my Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Which, right. Sadly, with a lot of the conspiracy, they also kind of throw us under the bus and give it like a bad light, I noticed. So uh, just because of the, the climate here sometimes, but it's incredible because they don't recognize that not only do we um, work with many ascended masters? I mean, there's there's so much more to what we do. And I think that us having this conversation is so important because what people fear is the unknown, is what they oh, don't know. So when absolutely. we kind of demystify and say, hey, this is what we do. Laura brought a good point up before we started recording, and that is that there are people that may practice black magic. I do know someone who does. I don't necessarily agree with it. I know that there is some, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it involved, but the three, like whatever you give, you'll get back. But if you do that, it's going to come back to you like karma. So I don't feel that we do that. We always, and for most of us, I believe we always say, whatever is for it, the highest good. Yeah. Not necessarily for our own benefit, but what is best for the highest good. I think it helps when people go, oh, okay. Okay. So it's not bad. It's actually a fabulous thing because we are so connected with herbs and the elements. I think it's important for us to say that we're not naive to the fact that there are people out there who may relate to that definition of a witch that that seems to be related to pop culture, that there there are people out there like that. But it's being able to step out of one's fear long enough to maybe get a better understanding of what somebody who calls himself a witch may actually feel or believe. So Imbal, I am curious, I don't know if I heard yet, how would you explain what a witch is or who a witch is? For me, witchcraft is actually about the magic because the act of witcheries is magical. So for me, the definition of magic is causing desired change to happen in accordance with the will. And when you practice witchcraft, whether or not you do spells, you are connected to the earth below and to all the stuff above you to enough of a degree that whether or not you light that candle or you inscribe that sigil, stuff that you need to happen will happen for you anyway. So I feel like the entire practice around witchcraft is facilitating magic. Now, is an interesting way that I heard someone explain in a talk once that whether magic is supernatural, and she said she called it the super duper natural because it does work along with magic and there's nothing particularly mystical 
about the supernatural. It's just natural, but super. And like Evelyn said, the, the fear of the unknown, the meaning of the word occult is hidden. And that is exactly where it comes from. For some reason, the word occult is frightening to some people. The word tarot is frightening to some others. So for me, witchcraft is creating magic. However, in the kind of background of that, I'm also Wiccan. And Wicca is all the rituals and practices and belief systems that go along with witchcraft. And that's where the law of the threefold return had come from, which I know that now like more modern witches might turn their noses up at it. But I believe in the law of threefold return a lot. Absolutely. Um, Me too. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in good company. Can you guys explain what that is? Yeah. So in the law of threefold return, you believe that if you put out good, you get back good, but three times as much. And if you put out bad, you get back bad, but like three times as much. And the threefold is kind of random and it might be, you know, just a, a very flowery way of saying that you get back what you put in and then some. But I've seen stuff where people would literally bless someone, do, you know, do magic for someone to gain a certain amount of money or meet a partner. And they would then literally get three potential partners chasing them or get that amount of money three times as much. And of course, what you believe you invite. So it's possible that the law of threefold return in and of itself is a self-fulfilling prophecy, which is so meta, I cannot even get into it. But that's one of the main, I guess, tenets within Wicca. So a few things that you have in more modern witchcraft will see their roots in Wicca, such as the law of threefold return, such as, for example, the Wiccan read of harming none, that nine words the Wiccan read fulfill and you harm none, do what you will, which then in turn obviously has its roots in Western mystery tradition uh, that came before Wicca and the free will concept that came from streams uh, associated with Crowley and so on. It's all progress. Everything is progressing all the time. And again, I think in sense, there is some kind of snobbery from the angle of like modern witches that go, but you know, Wicca's not ancient. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I do know Wicca's not ancient, but it draws on beliefs and practices that have been observed really interestingly in tribal societies across the world, in societies that would have had no business doing things in similar ways, and yet they would turn to the rising sun to greet it, or they would turn to a certain herb to cure cold. And those consistencies are kind of part of the thing that make us all one race, one people. And for me, that 
is kind of a part of witchcraft, but it's also kind of a part of what makes all of us human beings. Yeah, that's lovely. So how would you guys say a lot of these divination tools that we use, you know, to connect to spirit or or however, you know, you use them? Evelyn, would you like to explain maybe a little bit about tarot more specifically? And I know you use crystals and pendulums and maybe explain how you use them. Imbal does a beautiful job at describing the tarot. Yes, yes, let's see. So, I would love so to I might hear. actually have Inbal do it because she describes the tarot very well. And I must say, I've learned a lot from Inbal as well. And we do, mm-hmm. as far as divination, I know, for example, Inbal has her tarot deck that has been with her the longest in her life. You know, it's like a partner. And the same with mine. Mine are just magical beings almost my my divination tools but i do like to use a pendulum because i use different decks um so that's definitely a way to connect i find that as far as the pendulum i prefer to use it for me personally it's something i use personally if someone asks for it i will use it but it's not something i necessarily go to uh because it is often a yes and no which kind of doesn't allow any ability to open up things a little bit more, which where I feel with the cards or any type of like fire magic or something, there's more of an ability to manifest where when sometimes it's a yes or no, it can block something and you don't know. It just, I find it's, um, I, I find the tarot is definitely my favorite divination tool, but I would love for Imbal to give her a beautiful description of the tarot deck. <laughs> yes, let's hear it. Oh, thank you. So because I'm really passionate about Western mystery traditions and the systems of the kind of Western Kabbalah and so on, the tarot to me is not just a way of foretelling the future or, you know, more importantly, figuring out what's going on on the inside of you. But the tarot is also an entire magical tool for me. And it goes back to all the elements in the four suits that represent the four elements. So we've got our water represented by the cups. We've got our fire represented by the wands. We've got our swords standing for air and we've got earth represented by the pentacles. So I love the five elements because then we've got spirit on top, which is a very Wiccan concept, the five elements, which is why we have the five pointed star and the tarot in it has so much symbolism that I find for me and, you know, and for anyone that reads it, it can evoke a whole myriad of literally any emotion and any human situation possible, which is what I think makes it such a great all-rounder. But in terms of tarot, I'm a one trick pony. I have one thing I'm passionate about, and it's the Thoth Tarot deck that was created by Alistair Crowley and drawn by Lady Frida Harris. And that's kind of my thing. For me, what's amazing in how Evelyn works herself is in being able to connect to people via oracle decks and via crystals and without anything at all sometimes and being able to relate to each person 
totally at their level, which don't think I'm weird for saying it, but which helps bring people more to our way of thinking. Now, I'm not looking around to convert anybody, but anything that can keep us <laughs> away from the guillotine, away from the hangings is a positive. So I think when you use a divination method to connect to somebody and they can see that this really works, then you've got them halfway to the entire witchcraft thing because when you can see that predicting the future is possible, creating the future is so much easier. And then you're and then you're hit you're in the whole way. Then you're already like elbow deep in witchcraft. Absolutely. And I think this is a perfect segue of talking about how with any of us when you leave a reading, you will feel better about things than before. I know for myself, I want people to recognize that they have their own intuitive skills and not to doubt themselves because by the time they've come to us, they're probably getting certain signs coming to them and they come to us. And I think it's important to say that yes. right now that they come to us. We will never solicit anyone for a reading. Yes via any type of message or That's anything right. like that. It is unfortunately something that is running rampant in our community, which is obviously something that we must manifest to release out. It just gives that sense. And unfortunately, people that don't know are very new to social media. They may not be aware and you will receive many messages sometimes asking for, you know, oh, I have a sign or something like that. Know that if we do have anything like that, I'm going to tell you just because spirit told me to. Yeah. Or I've been guided to give you this message. I will not ask for it, anything, any money for that. So it's very important to recognize that, uh, especially when you're in social media, it's a great way to connect to such a beautiful community. But there are those, you know, those fringes where people are trying to take advantage of the situation. So just always be aware of that. Anyone who practices, we all consider ourselves witches. I consider myself more of a chaotic witch, but it is, <laughs> it is something that we, we don't. I mean, I, if I have a message, I have to give it to them. If I don't give the message, it just that they don't seem to leave me alone. <laughs> so just always keep that in mind. We're fortunate enough that the only time we may talk about things like that is in our post, but we will never send out a personal message in any capacity. Just always be aware that if you are on in, on social media and see a name that kind of looks similar, check to see that other person's account. And you will often find that there might be a misspelling and everything. So block and report if you can. Yeah. <laughs> Just be aware that unfortunately that is occurring, but those things happen. And you know us, we're here and we're here to help you, but we will never reach out in that manner. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. I know just the three of us alone have had conversations 
about that people sort of impersonating you and then reaching out to people asking them if they can give them a reading and you're just like who what yeah so that inball gets a lot of that (laughs) it's insane inball's been practicing for a long time it's uh what do they say uh, about like imitation is the best compliment not necessarily flattering yeah it's not super flattering but i'm a very big believer that everything sort of trains you to something that will come in the future. So I am wondering what all the form filling and reporting, not taking it personally, the reporting, but also the not taking it personally, what that is preparing me for, what is coming in my future. Because when you first are impersonated, it's so violating and so I don't know how to describe the feeling of somebody using your face and your name to commit crimes in your name yeah. in, a, in public. So the first time it's just so hurtful and insulting. The second time it's so hurtful and insulting. Now it, it has been, it must be over a thousand times. I've got about 10 a week for the last maybe 10, 11 months. And now when it happens, I'm like, here we go again, filling the form. And I'm thinking, what is the universe exactly preparing me for in not taking things personally? What kind of level of atomic trolling is coming up in my future for me to need to be prepared for it now? (laughs) I really hope not, (laughs) but I see what you mean. I hope so too. (laughs) Thank you. So, you know, I kind of want to go back. I feel really inclined to talk about not not so much that we have to get into the the politics and everything of it, but just the witch trials and perhaps the connection that you two may have with those, whether it's you feel it's ancestral related, whether you feel it's past life related. What are your guys' feelings and thoughts towards those trials? Oh, it's just... It's unfortunate because it's just the patriarchy again, having fear and trying to keep control of things. Unfortunately, we're still seeing it today, which I want to also mention that often as a feminist or whatever, as a witch, many believe that when I say smash the patriarchy, I'm just like saying, get rid of the masculine or, you know, the appendaged ones or whatever. But uh, as, as one of my books refers to, one of my m- myth books, it is not that. It is having a beautiful melt of both for all of us to have that. It just breaks my heart to think that many people, so many women died. And if their husband or anyone else were to vouch for them or say, no, this is not true, they would go with it too. So it's very sad. And I believe that it is almost in our DNA. There's a sense of persecution that we still feel. And I joke around that you guys can't burn me this time. You know, you can't burn me at the stake. But I feel like there is that sense of still within our DNA. As far as connections, it's weird. I feel connections to the suffragette movement. I really feel like I must have lived during that time um, and probably in other lifetimes just because. All of my astrological and numerology things, this is something I've been doing for quite some time. And Mm -hmm. I'm just so bummed that it took me so long to remember or allowed the fear of the patriarchy to keep me from really connecting to something that I always felt was there. But 
in fear to be able to practice or say because of the way things still continue to be. Yeah, wonderful. Thanks for sharing. I really agree with that. Now, first of all, there's really no shame in arriving at it in the midst of your life because some people never remember. So now you've got a future ahead of you of knowing and of being connected. But I think it is definitely connected to the patriarchy and also no disrespect to any Christians or any believers. But I believe that the Christian church in its efforts to stamp out pagan practices had gone with a double barrel of appropriating a lot of pagan practices and trying to stamp out many others. And women with power have traditionally been in direct opposition to what the Christian church, and again, when I say the Christian church, I don't mean people who believe in Christ, but people who marched around the globe taking stuff that wasn't theirs and converting people that had no desire to be converted. So anything that would connect women in power stood in opposition to this new conquests. Mm -hmm. And I feel that that's something that we have still right now in exactly the same way, because even though there is a lot more acceptance to different ways of life, different religions, different beliefs. The world in general, for the most part, the Western world at the very least, is waking up to the full rainbow of genders and orientations and tendencies. There are still very strong core behaviors that we are infused with as a Western society and things like the childhood books that we all share, things like nursery rhymes already have patriarchal messages inside them. I think a, a great analogy of it is how Disney has had to retire a few of its movies. Now, that is the Disney company that's really taken a long time to step into the light at the best of times. If they found stuff that needed retiring forever, then we have been indoctrinated to accept feminine oppression for at least three, four generations. That's literally what we're up against. We're not up against reclaiming a word. We're up against reclaiming a world. Absolutely. Because they it, just yeah. fear the power that we have. And I spoke to a woman at um, an, old, an older woman, and she said, I just, you know, it seems like women are advancing and everything. I said, well, they've opened up the lanes. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we're, we're, all, we're moving in. We're, <laughs> so all we're fighting for. Right. Still. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look at what is occurring in our world right now. You know, it is yeah. some delusional white man Megalomania. that wants to take over yeah. the world. I mean, it is just crazy mm -hmm. if you think about it. And it's frightening that we are in a world where 
someone like that could hold so much power of destruction. And we have to recognize that. And thankfully, Pluto, (laughs) we see these things happening in our world right now. And there was a time when I would fear it. I would be terrified of what's to come. But I recognize that the things that are happening are happening for us. There needs to be a matter of complete transformation before we can build something that is solid. Will we see it in our lifetime? I don't know. We'll probably be back for some more. <laughs> sadistic. <laughs> We're sadistic. I'm hoping for another planet or another, you know, co- cosmos. But um, it, and it is definitely a lot of the church. It just seems like a very exclusive club, and you cannot do anything else prior to it. And it's just been very hard for me, especially in a very conservative town, and being very open and having family members in. Costa Rica that are pastors of Assembly of God, and it makes it uh, very difficult. Uh, And I think I've talked about this before. I don't believe that creator, universe, God, goddess is going to tell us we're no good and that we don't deserve certain things. All of that belief is just so hard. It was so hard for me to swallow. I was like, yeah, I don't think so. That's not the conversation I've had with Jesus. So um, it's uh-huh. So it's it's very interesting um, to see that occur. And I think I, I mentioned to you, I had a woman in Costco. She was, oh my gosh, you must be Christian. Because I was being kind and understanding and caring and listening to her. I said, no, I love Jesus and I read tarot. She goes, you can't do that if you love Jesus. I want to say, what the, f-? you know, <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say, I'm like, oh my about. Well, I chuckle, I think, because I am ruled by Uranus who likes to like have that wow moment. I love to do things like, you know, one woman said, oh, well, I'm a Catholic. Uh, I mean, she was the one who cornered me in an office and said, I need to talk to you. I need an answer. She didn't even know I read tarot. I'm like, okay. So I, uh-huh. I told her what I did and she got freaked out, but she said, well, you know, I, I don't believe in this cause I'm Catholic. I'm like, well, I believe in Jesus and the tarot. So we're good. But yet I often find that she looks at me differently now. They almost fear the power that we have. And it's like, no, you don't have to fear our power. You can have some of it as well. You have that ability. Whenever we do as women stand in a position of power where we can say, we can do this, we can manifest, other people get a little nervous, especially the church or anything of, you know, of a structured type of religion, which is I think slowly starting to crumble a bit because there's so much discord within it, I believe, going on. What would you guys tell somebody who wanted to play a role in being able to elevate the feminine and to sort of help to demystify that being a witch doesn't mean that you're evil? How would you advise somebody on what they can do to help with that? such a big topic isn't it It because starting with just having an open mind to feminism by which i don't mean you know equal right to the vote great we've done that now everything else but looking at glass ceilings and what they cause and ignoring them raising 
our daughters, our nieces, to believe that they can be absolutely anything and supporting anyone who does show a little spark. Because now I think that at least as spiritual people, we're very much waking up to the fact that a lot of people who might have been defined as having some mental instability or perhaps being neurodivergent are actually very gifted people. And what they are is gifted people. What they have is perhaps a condition, but that's not what they are. And I think all a person needs to be able to play a supportive role in the entire movement is an open pair of eyes. When you've got an open pair of eyes and you see that perhaps somebody didn't win an election despite being the more suited candidate because she happened to have been born with this between her legs and not that, just your awareness of it will make you choose better. So in being an ally, I think having an open pair of eyes is plenty. In entering into this whole world and in embracing witchcraft perhaps as a way of life for you, full-time, part-time, doesn't matter. What worked for me is trying it. Try it. If it's not for you, you're not going to last two days. If it is for you, then welcome. What do you think? Absolutely. I find that a lot of people want to connect with the feminine side. And just that desire of how do I do it is so masculine. So I think we have to recognize that because we have been so, like you said, indoctrinated into this masculine set of rules of society, being okay with taking a break, because we just feel kind of like we're not, if we're not connected, we're not doing. And involved being a Pisces, and I was reading something about Einstein that he said it was during dreams that the answers came. There was somewhere else too that he talked about how daydreaming was so important. What he was doing, it was connecting with his intuitive feminine side and allowing that channel to open up. I know that exactly like with me being neurodivergent, our brains are just wired differently. That's it. But it gives us the ability to do other things that are so different. There's such an acceptance coming through on that, that I think the most important is if you want to just allow yourself just to be, and like Imbal says, there's so much, uh, so much information, so many great books and what I love about witchcraft is that each of us may practice differently. I do. I think I agree with Inbal as far as if I'm working with a certain goddess or if I'm working with a certain Hakate, which is I feel very close to, I honor them. I don't just ask for things. You know, I thank them for the gifts that they give me. I find a way to find that connection. And like Inbal says, it might not work. But if you've gotten this far and you're listening to this, you probably are a witch. (laughs) 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 Uh, But you'll find that you probably were already doing certain things. I, I recognized, I'm like, wow, 
I was manifesting some crazy shit and I didn't even realize this. Now yeah. that I can, everything opens up. When you were saying in ball about like opening up your eyes, all I could see was a horse, you know, a horse when they put those things on the blinders or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, exactly. We have to take those off and be That's open crazy. to other people's experiences. I think it's such a fascinating time that we're living in because there is a sense of being more inclusive, yet there is a bit of struggle, but there always is before a big change. This pendulum swings one way and then it'll swing the other. There's always those ebbs and flows. I get lost in that fire. That Sag moon starts a wildfire and then I forget where I am. (laughs) I think it would be really interesting to hear from you two some ways that people might already be practicing things that might be considered witchcraft if they went and labeled it. So for instance, when you talked about Einstein mentioned daydreaming and how that's a way that he connects with the other side. Another example would be like blowing out candles on your birthday cake. Yeah, it's funny because that when you think about it, that is such fire magic. (laughs) It is, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot of times... For me, it was a lot of, as as far as numbers were a big thing, I was getting messages that way. And especially for water people, like for us, it's being immersed. If you're getting a lot of ideas and stuff like that, that's the way you you find kind of your, your magic. Certain people have certain things, like I could see a Leo do using a lot of fire. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that connection or whatever you feel connected to, you don't have to get too fancy as far as spells either. We have to respect deities that we work with. That's very important. We have to respect each other. That's another thing. <laughs> We're not going to go there here on this one. But um, And be open to others to like, you know, someone may not practice magic or witchcraft the same way you do. And that's okay. Because uh, that's their way of connecting. But no, I think there is a lot of spell work taking place exactly like candles. But because it's so much a part of our, you know, everyday Western culture, we don't really look into it. So, you know, you knock on wood. (laughs) Why wood? I don't know. Maybe because of the cross. The knocking is not in the Bible. I read the Bible, just the Jewish Bible with that part too. But I've read the Bible cover to cover. There is definitely... No knocking there. That is something that is some kind of an invocation saying, bless you when you sneeze. Again, fine. Yes, it's kind of connected with blessings. But no, it's, you know, that's a little witchcraft as well. So I'll tell you a funny story. Like I said, I grew up in a very secular environment and no one really thought of themselves particularly spiritual, but I had some issue going on. So my friend that used to work for my dad said to me, if you take a handkerchief to like a courtroom or if you've got like a hearing and you don't want the other person to say anything incriminating, you just do a knot in the handkerchief or like a robe cord and take it in with you in your pocket. And I'm like, aha, really basic cord magic. (laughs) Oh, wow. Right. Exactly. And then my parents are like super, super non-spiritual, non-religious. But when I was pregnant with my firstborn, and that was shortly following uh, a natural, unfortunate miscarriage. So we're in Israel and we went around the kids store and we were about to 
buy a little play mat for our unborn baby. My parents, non-spiritual, non-religious, freaked out completely. You can't buy anything for the baby before it is born. Why? Because it's bad luck. You guys don't believe in bad luck. I'm already standing at the till with my credit card. No, you can't do it. You can't do it. Just tell it. Just give me the catalog number. I'll buy it for you. Okay, you can buy it, but store it in my house. Don't bring it in the house where the unborn baby is going to live. So I think all the... Superstitions. Superstitions. Oh, magic. They are magic. Oh, absolutely. Right? My mother... She says to me the other day, she says, I just know when Bella's doing the work of the Lord. I'm like, yeah, when Bella's working, because you're like the biggest witch of them all. I mean, you just know stuff. She would burn sage when I was younger, you know, and she thinks I don't remember these things. It's crazy. But you know what she does? And I did it as well is if you want to cut someone out of your life, you write their name and put in the freezer. Oh, I had heard that one before. Them off. <laughs> yeah. And I heard that the knock on wood is you're calling in the spirits for you. Oh, right. Yeah. Calling the spirits of the trees. So it is, it's crazy. All of the things we do, or for example, in the Cuban culture, you do not put your purse on the floor. Uh, I've heard of that one. Ever. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness, you want to see a woman like just lose her mind. <laughs> but that bird's on the floor. It's like, no. Oh, you know what was one thing I would do? I cannot go over railroad tracks when I'm driving without lifting my feet. Wow. Yeah, I would drive by one all the time. My feet would go up. I don't know, bad luck or something like that. Something that was put in there. So we definitely do. And I think I mentioned. With candles, too, a lot of times people will say you don't have to blow them out. But I know a lot of my wishes came true on my birthday. So that's something that's that is okay to do also is uh, burn a candle. But if you do want to do any kind of candle magic, the best kind sometimes are those birthday candles that are a little smaller. So you have the ability to stay and stay connected for that time. And yeah. I think that really kind of yeah. um, I always helps. find the candles too that we use for the menorah, those things burn out pretty quickly. So those ones might be good. They're kind of the same. Yeah. yeah. They're like a one hour candle, very fire safe, very fire safe. If anyone's going to come and burn us again, it's not going to be ourselves. <laughs> no, it won't be. And, you know, speaking of superstitions, I know in the Asian culture, you do not stick your chopsticks in your bowl when you're done they have to lay like on uh, on the top of the bowl or on the ground oh. yeah you don't stick them in um, that's like really really bad luck wow. yeah. so it's that's i mean so here. it's on all different cultures it's all all over in china there's no four the number four oh. is too close to death that's interesting it sounds similar so there are no Fourth floors. Just like there aren't any, what, 13th floors? 13, yeah, which is actually the feminine. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Funny. That's huh? ironic. But four, again, is like for us, like whenever I see the number four, I, I get a great sense of this is stable. Like I feel like yeah. four is yeah. a foundation. Mm-hmm. And I was listening up on um, the Chinese New Year. Because I didn't know why it was the number four necessarily, but I guess it sounds too close or the characters are too close to death. Interesting. Yeah. So we all do have a bit of that. I think like somehow 
religions and different things come to play. And, you know, they're great to connect with others and definitely, but there's a sense of control there. I think that's what I love about witchcraft is I can practice myself or I can practice with others. We all come together. We're not like, oh, you know, you're Baptist, you don't dance, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I could never do that. I'm like, what? They, there's a Baptist school right near me and they don't have any dances. Oh, really? They have dinners. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah, really? That's, that's that is they all weird. Have their different, uh, right, right. So everyone has their different beliefs, but um, yeah. we all have those superstitions that no matter what, no matter what anyone says, I think that we all do have some sense of like believing them. So well, at least we don't want to find out if we don't. We don't want, <laughs> we don't want the bad luck. <laughs> right. You know, you spill the you spill the salt on the table and you throw some over. I, I can't remember which shoulder, but you throw some over the shoulder. It's just so interesting. I was wondering if you guys would each be willing to pull a card or two for the collective for whoever is listening to this, no matter what time. Uh, timeless reading is what you call it, right, Evelyn? Yes. <laughs> I think I got that one from someone I love else it. too. <laughs> So I don't know, Evelyn, if you wanted to go first or Imbal. Uh, Imbal, I'm going to pull some um, Oracle cards and if you'd like. And you can pull some tarot if you'd like. Oh, got some good Ooh. ones. So I pulled out three tarot cards. And out of the three, two are Major Arcana, which is already an amazing start because we're already beating the odds. We've got 66 of our messages, 66% of our messages as majors, whereas in the entire deck, you you know, you can barely scrape to 25% together. And the first card that I've got is one that is unique to the Thoth deck. It's the Aeon. And it's one of the cards that Crowley had brought in because the card that it replaces, Judgment, was deemed as perhaps a little too biblical by him. And the Aeon card links exactly with what Evelyn said, that we are on the cusp of a huge change. It's a huge change that is an entire era finishing and a new era starting. Now, this is followed by death and the death card is one of my favorites. I've got Saji Moon as well, and I absolutely love change. <laughs> I love unexpected change. I thrive on change. I like surprises. And what's interesting to me is that a lot of transformation cards have to do with perhaps outside transformation, moving house, changing your hair color. The death card is really the internal transformation one for me. The death to the old you, long live the new you. That makes sense. Right. And then I've got the nine of pentacles, which is wonderful material benefit, but specifically to the soft deck, they are not supposed to be financial cards. It's the nine of discs, in fact, and there's a big hoo-ha about it not being actually pentacles and not being actually materialistic as such. So that's a time of good health, of stability, of balance, that what you give out, you'll get back in. So globally, to me, this message as a whole says, yes, this is the period of huge change. Yes, things are not going to be tomorrow the way they are today, but it is fabulous and this will work to our advantage as a people. 
but because everything works on the global as well as on the individual and because we're doing individual messages to the listener, then if you're hearing this, your message says, yes, you're changing. Embrace it. Roll with it. It is for your own good. The more you resist the more it'll hurt. If you see opportunities coming, they're probably right for you. Jump in. Don't go, oh, I'm underqualified. Oh, I'm frightened of stepping into my power. Oh, I'm scared that people will be against me if they hear that I'm embracing a new path. No, it'll work for your benefit because once you change, lots of other people will change that way along with you. So that's what I've got here for the message. Absolutely for lovely. What have you got? Thank Edlin? you. Oh, Thank absolutely. You. That's beautiful. I have a new deck, the Black Moon, and it's an astrology deck. <laughs> and it's crazy mm. how the cards just correlate with what's happening. The first card I got was Jupiter and abundance. And with abundance, I, I also agree like it can be an abundance of wealth, an abundance of health, an abundance of joy in the family. Uh, in this Jupiter card, it shows him and it shows this a lightning strike. With the lightning strike, I feel like for this abundance to come, there might be a large change, which often can be difficult for people because we're such creatures of habit. But Jupiter showing up right now and Jupiter being at home in Pisces is huge. We have a great ability to move forward and manifest the things that we want. Uh, with Jupiter, I feel like it is important to write down what it is that we're wanting. And the crazy thing is that the moon is in Taurus right now. And the next card I got was the Taurus card. <laughs> wow. Yes. So the moon is currently in Taurus. It is asking us to be more grounded, to just notice that we have that strength of Taurus. The Taurus says, I've got strength. I've got the ability to help you. You just need to allow yourself to ground. So asking us to not be so much in our head and find ways to ground as far as, as I mentioned before, being outside, connecting with the earth. Taurus also asks us to, this is all about self-care, self-love as well. Go ahead and buy yourself those flowers or get that lippy color you want. <laughs> also, it's interesting because Uranus is moving into Taurus this month and Uranus asks us to change things. So you may want to try something else that you've been wanting to that you're like, oh, I think I'll love that. Definitely give it a shot. That might be a call to spice up things. So you might want to change things up um, if you are in a relationship or even yourself, like, you know, consider something. And the third card was part of fortune oh increase. I feel like your guys' readings are the same. That's amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> like I said, this is definitely doesn't matter when you're you're reading this, but just recognize that you do have 
the tools and the power of the cosmos, literally in Jupiter being if I think I, I showed Jupiter is huge. We look like a little ant next to Jupiter. So the power that you have, just recognize that. Don't place any limits on yourself. Find those things that you love to do to connect with others as well. And know that it's coming in due time. Taurus is going to move one step at a time. It's not as Aries where it's just going to go. It's going to consider things a little bit more. You also have Venus in Aquarius right now, which is gives us an ability to just look at things and Mars there also look at things more objectively. Aquarius allows us to pull back and look at things uh, with detachment. So take a moment to notice what it is that you want. And it might mean someone else being cut off or something like that. That is okay. Use these energies right to move forward because there's definitely be some type of increase in abundance. And for some of us, wealth is not it. There are many people that may have, I've, that I've known who have had all the money in the world, but wish they had their good health. So always recognizing that abundance can mean so many different things for us. But I think it's, I think it's beautiful. They're letting us know, yes, you have the power to manifest as these witches are telling you, we have that power to break through that glass ceiling. And it's important to say that it's not just women. I met someone who he is so connected to the feminine and he's a witch. So it doesn't matter gender. It is just knowing that we all have that power. That's right. Well, ladies, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your stories, sharing your truth. And my hope is that we just help to create a world that is at least more open-minded to all the love that everybody has to offer. So really, thank you guys so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having us and for facilitating the conversation. This was wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I get to hang out with both of you. Are you kidding? Jupiter is like, here, look, I got some good stuff for you. (laughs) Thank you. And that was another episode of A Guided Life Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation Podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.